Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Lord, you're here, and we are here. Lord, make us conscious of your presence and feed us, Lord, in your word and in your sacrament. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. Well, there's a lot of beautiful church. Look at this beautiful church. Y'all look at each other. You're amazing. So good to see you. It fills my heart. Okay, y'all might not be happy to see me, but I am happy to see you. You know, I was having a conversation this week with a person, and, and I said to them that sometimes um, dreaming a dream is much easier than living the dream. Because it needs, any one of us who's ever set out to do something, you know, whether it's start a business, go to seminary to become a priest, how crazy is that? Uh, I mean, just whatever, you know, it's easy to dream it because you can see it, right? And you're all excited. Dreams always seem to begin great. You have high expectations for good. I mean, you're eager to make things happen. You're willing to make sacrifice, take risk. And as I said, if you've ever started your own business, then you know what it's like. And you also know that it's not always easy to live the dream. I mean, there's obstacles and challenges and setbacks. And sometimes when you're in the midst of it, it can make you question if it's even worth it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, maybe some of you don't. Just hang in there. We'll go long today. Just in, All right? <laughs> but if you, if you ever had things not turn out as you had hoped or lived with those unmet expectations or felt lost as if your world may have been turned upside down, um, or wrestled with those big questions, you know, when something comes to an end, it doesn't look like the dream's going to manifest. It's like, who am I? You know, you've asked those questions. Who am I? Or what's next? Or where do I go? Or what do I do? Have you ever been there? If you've ever experienced a broken dream, then today's message is for you. Um, <laughs> Pema Chardon um, says this, when there is a big disappointment, we do not know if that is the end of the story. It may just be the beginning of a great adventure. This is exactly where our Gospel Emmaus story finds us today. It's later in the afternoon on Resurrection Sunday, right? It's Easter Day. Two good people, disciples of Jesus, had suffered through the passion and death. They witnessed his crucifixion. They saw their dream for a better life and for a better world through him as a political savior that was going to redeem Israel. They saw that come crashing down into a million pieces, and they were devastated. And so leaving Jerusalem, they were heading to a town called 
Emmaus. And they're on, you could say, a descent. Not just geographically, but spiritually. Because the road to Emmaus, you could call that the road to disillusionment, the road of despair, the road of admitting defeat. You could say that Emmaus is that road of broken dreams. They had hoped Jesus was the one, but he's dead. And there's a part of them that's been lost as well, a part of them that died with Jesus. And as they're walking, the scriptures say, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But they didn't recognize him. Isn't that amazing? Like, I thought about this. Mary's there, right? And she thinks he's a gardener. So it makes me wonder, is Jesus ever around us and present with us, but we just don't recognize him? You know what I mean? makes me wonder. Anyhow, Jesus said to them, what are you discussing with each other? and Why do you walk alone? And then they say to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these past few days? Now, these guys are disciples of Jesus. They have followed him. They have probably left behind much to become one of his disciples. I suspect that it was important to them, but to the average person in Jerusalem, probably not so much, right? The Roman government executed people and had crosses all along as a, as a warning, don't mess with Rome or this will happen to you. So it was kind of a common thing. But nevertheless, they say to him, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped those actually may be the most disappointing words in Scripture. We had hoped. We had hoped. I think we've all been there. I know I have, right? We had hoped that the business would succeed. We would hope that the economy would pick up. We would hope that the relationship wouldn't end. We would hope that this illness would somehow be healed. I think there's nothing more painful than a broken dream. You know? And though they had failed to recognize Jesus, Jesus walks with them and talks with them. He gets them to reflect on their lives, if you've noticed this, right? They didn't recognize him, but there's this stranger in their midst. And he gives them this opportunity by asking them questions that allows them to kind of name their losses, to name their reality, to share their pain. And this is really essential and important for us because naming our pain, naming our grief, Naming our losses are actually essential to being able to move beyond them. Grief is normal and natural. And it's a response to any time we experience a loss. 
And I'm not talking just about a loss of a loved one, but I'm talking about any kind of loss in our life. Sometimes when we retire, believe it or not, that's a real struggle for folks because their whole world has changed and it's different and they experience loss. And in loss, with all loss, there is grief. Oftentimes, there's things that we have needed in our lives. And for whatever reason, through our parents or or, or coaches or whomever, the things that we needed to help set us along the way were absent from us. And so, therefore, we experienced a loss. And any time we experience loss, the natural process of grief is what heals us. Unfortunately, Many of us have never, ever grieved our losses. And until we can begin to grieve those losses, we'll never be able to move on and heal ultimately. See, grieving is the healing emotion. And Jesus shows up and gives us the opportunity to speak our truth, to speak our pain, you know, to help us make sense of it. Help us get to a place, if you will, that we can move beyond or see beyond what's happened to us. We need that space. And we need Jesus to come along beside us as we grieve. I think we can take a cue from Jesus on this. I think the whole church can. So often people will say to me, you know, Father Rick... Uh, my friend, if someone just passed away, or my friend's suffering from something, and they call me, and I just don't know what to say. You know, what should I say? And I, I don't think there's much you can say. But I do know this. Jesus kind of shows us models for us what to do before we talk, before we try to explain anything, before we invite, before we... Any of that. We just come along aside beside someone... Be present with them. Listen. Just like Jesus did. The loving, incarnational presence of God. Just be present. Listen. And allow them to share their hearts. And that's exactly what Jesus did in this story today. But then Jesus does something. He begins to share Scripture with them. And Jesus, when he preaches... He, he's got all day, right? I'm, I know, I'm serious. Like, they were on the road. This was a walk, man. They had time. And so Jesus started to unpack the scriptures for these folks. And he was telling them the story of the prophets all the way through the resurrection. Moses all the way through. And he was reminding them that, you know, that he was prophesied about this was going to happen, right? So he opens the word for them. And as they get closer to Emmaus, it's starting to get dark. And what happens? They invite him to stay the night. As a matter of fact, they really apparently were connecting with him, even though they didn't recognize him. And they wanted to spend more time with this man. And so they agree. He agrees to stay with them. And while they're sharing a meal that night, it's interesting what Jesus does. Jesus, who is their guest... Their, their, their guest, he essentially becomes the host. Jesus 
takes bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and then he gives it. Does that sound familiar to anyone in here? Right? Jesus takes the bread just as he himself was taken. He was blessed. He was broken. And he was given to us, to them. The guest becomes the host. And in doing so at this moment, the eyes of the disciples, it says, were opened and they recognized Jesus in their presence. He is indeed alive. And here's the thing. Now they start to see everything differently. I mean, the hearts that were broken now burn in his presence, right? Instead of despair, all of a sudden they have hope. They're new people with a new energy, a new life, and a new understanding. And here's the thing. They had a new mission, a new purpose. They had something to say, something important, something urgent, something that cannot be hidden, something that must be proclaimed. And you know what they did? They got up, and the scriptures say they immediately headed back to Jerusalem, which was like seven miles away in the night. Now, here's something fascinating. Did you notice this story is the pattern of our liturgy every single Sunday when we gather. Because here's what we do. We gather as the body of Christ, as his disciples, if you will, and Jesus is among us. Jesus is here. Now, you might not see him. You may not recognize him. But as Father Greg and I often pray, Oh, Lord, you are here. We are here. May we be here together because Christ is present with us. And then what happens? We begin to hear God's word, the scriptures. We hear, we, we, we open them up a little bit. We eat God's word. We consume the word of God who feeds us with his word, right? It begins to feed us and strengthen us by his word. We get the meaning of it. And hopefully within 15 minutes, right? Right? That's a joke, right? <laughs> and then what do we do? We gather around the feast table the table and we take bread we bless it we break it and we give it and we're fed spiritually with food of new and unending life in him that Christ not only feeds us with his word but Christ is present in the bread and the wine and in the bread and the wine Christ makes Christ's self known to us and not only that we actually become one with Christ in this meal you are what you eat right he becomes one with us and we become one with him in us that you'll be in us and that we will be in you and then what do we do immediately we are sent out into the world in peace to do what? 
to share this joy, to share this resurrection hope, to share this life with others. See, what was true for them that day is true for you and me. Each and every day of our lives, Jesus walks the road with us. Jesus talks to us and allows us to name our realities. Christ is alive. He's present with us each day, each moment of the day. There is indeed the pain of our losses and our broken dreams. But Jesus walks beside us and listens to the story of our broken hearts. Because I will say that when we're on the road to Emmaus and we're feeling lost and we're feeling alone and we're feeling abandoned and we're feeling like our dreams are dead and over forever, that's the place that He will meet us. And that's the place He will begin to speak life back into us. And that is the place that we will encounter Christ. Each day, Jesus wants to heal our broken hearts and make them burn with new life, new hope, new possibilities. Yes, we may need some time on that road, on that journey from Emmaus, right, back to Jerusalem. We may need some time with Jesus to walk with us as we share our pain, as he begins to heal us. We may need a little time, but he's there with us each day. He's there. There was an opportunity to invite this stranger in our midst to come up to our home and to the home of our hearts and to let him break bread for and with us and empower us once again to go back into the world and to proclaim with our lives that God is alive, that God is with us. He is not dead. He is risen and this is the beauty and the promise of Easter. Suffering and death did not keep God from Jesus. And neither will it keep God from you. For the tomb is empty. He is risen. And so are you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you like today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.